Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, you guys, I want to jump in really quick and do a quick disclaimer for not only this episode, but any episode where I have guests on that, of course, their opinions are their own. And we're going to disagree on stuff, and that's okay. And particularly this episode, I'm sure you'll know it when you hear it, what we disagree on, but that's okay. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion and have their own journey. And so I just want to let you know that I'm having guests on who are experts in a certain area or are going to bring some sort of value to your life. And I hope that you can see that regardless of the fact that they might not agree with me or with you. And I also may not agree with you. And I hope all of this is clear. But I hope you enjoy today's episode. It is a good one. I hope you take home the valuable information. And like I always say, take the meat and leave the bones. So with everything, take what serves you and leave the rest. All right, now back to the show. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast today, particularly because I have some incredible guests to introduce you to. And I have to set this up by saying I do grocery hauls, as I'm sure you guys know, all the time on Instagram. And I happen to buy a um, A2 dairy milk. And I am so grateful to these guests of mine who reached out who wanted to come on the podcast and talk a little bit more about it. Because every time I post about it, I get so many questions around really, what is it? And so we're going to dive into that today on the podcast. Okay, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's podcast episode, not only for sponsoring, but also for the work that they do. Today's episode is sponsored by Safe Beginnings First Aid and CPR course. Holly from Safe Beginnings believes that being able to confidently react in an emergency is the peace of mind that every family deserves. And I agree. I want you to feel empowered to keep your family safe by taking her online first aid and CPR course, just like I did. I have taken a lot of CPR trainings over the years, and Holly's is by far my favorite. It's clear, concise, easy to follow, and truly puts your mind at ease as a mom. No matter the age or stage of your little one, this course is a must take. A quote I once heard by Max Mayfield has always stuck with me, and I want to share it with you. He says, preparation through education is less costly than learning through tragedy. And I don't want to be a downer, but this could not be more true when it comes to our kids. It's time to start feeling confident at the table, and I want you to get started today by clicking the link in the description box below and use my code Alyssa20 for 20% off. Trust me, this is a decision you will not regret. All right, now back to the show. So Stephanie and Blake, can you take a second and introduce yourselves to our listeners and let them know who you are and what you do? Yes. We're Blake and Stephanie Alexander. And the two of us have been married for 33 years and we are both fourth generation dairy farmers. I'm from Southern California and met um, my love at uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And we live on the Northern coast of California, right on the Oregon border. Um, right on the ocean. So very green grass all around us. And 
we have five kids, all adults, and they're involved in the business. The oldest three are. And really excited to be here. Thanks for having us, Alyssa. Oh, my goodness, of course. And Blake, did you want to say hi as well? I just add that, you know, I, I grew up in this this region about 100 miles away. Our oldest son and his wife now uh, are on that farm, which from, from my family, they are fifth generation on the same dairy for over 100 years. And, and so that's kind of cool. That's the where the majority of the milk uh, for our brand comes from. And um, we also milk cows up here and we're, we're kind of spread out over a couple of counties and uh, been doing what we do, organic dairy for probably 22 or three years. Yeah. And when we went organic, um, Blake, who's an outstanding cow man, he really became a grass and soil enthusiast. And I became this nutrient dense foodie mom for our five kids and the calves. So together, I think we kind of do it well. I was going to say, you had mentioned that before we got on air and I was like, wow, what a perfect partnership that is. Uh, just so wonderful. I, I love soaking up this information. And of course, as a dietitian, super interested in all the nutrition and the research and, um, dairy as well. I'm a big proponent of dairy. I know not every dietitian is for whatever reason, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and everyone has their preferences. But, um, of course I help moms with picky eating. And with that, a lot of times we do talk about milk and milk consumption and how much milk and what type of milk and all these things. So this is just going to be so perfect. So I guess to get back to the question um, that I get asked all the time, what is it? What is A2 dairy milk? What is A2 organic milk? What is that? And 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 how did you guys find your way to this as well? Yeah, um, we, we learned about it in 07, 08. There was a book that was written that came out of uh, New Zealand called The Devil in the Milk. And what it's referring to is an A1 mutated gene, which is a, a protein in the dairy, all dairy that doesn't digest. And a lot of people have real serious issues with that protein. And they then self-diagnose themselves as lactose intolerant. And when we learned about that and, and say, oh, eight, reading that book, we, we fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. It made a lot of sense to us because you know, for the first time it explained why some people could digest and drink goat's milk, but they couldn't do cow's yes. milk. And, and so it, it's really been enlightening for us. Uh, two thirds of the world's population believes they're lactose intolerant. And I'm here to say that most of them are probably intolerant to that bad A1 protein. And so all we're doing, um, you know, Alexander Family Farm is, is uh, you know, launched our label as an organic option for this A2A2 milk that uh, is, is really um, selected our cows for just a simple DNA test to see if they got an A1 or an A2 gene from each of their parents. And if they both, if both parents contributed the A2, then that's what we're, we're getting the A2A2 milk. And so you get um, people that, like you said, some of the dietitians in the dietitian world, nutritionists, they are against dairy. And it's probably mostly because of that A1 milk. What happens is people drink a glass of milk that, you know, they're getting from the regular grocery store, no, no testing, no anything, and they drink it. And now you have this foreign protein that's going into your body because it's the casing, the protein. So the first thing you notice when you drink ours is it's very refreshing. You don't get phlegmy thickness in your mouth. It digests really well. And so that A1 protein that comes into your gut, it's got an amino acid chain, a portion that doesn't break apart. And there's a histidine where there should be a proline in there. And so now you've got that seven linked amino acid chain portion that sits in your gut and then it doesn't digest and you get the lactose that starts fermenting because that milk's not digesting. And then people have leaky guts today. And so now you get this protein 
going through your system and now you have this foreign protein all over your body and they get autoimmune diseases. We've had people say that, wow, when I started drinking your milk, my eczema disappeared. I don't have dark circles in my eyes, under my eyes. And all these things that are linked to autoimmune disease. It's quite something. And sure, maybe milk needs to be blamed for things, but not anymore with the um, discovery of A2 milk and what we're out producing. Yeah. And this is so interesting to be able to, you know, test the cows and know the genes and know that they're producing the A2 protein and um, really, I don't know, bring back a little bit of the power of being able to choose and what what serves us well. And, you know, I, I actually didn't know that, that two thirds would say that they're um, lactose intolerant. Yeah. That is such a high percentage. And I know specifically for my listeners, we have this conversation a lot around how much milk and the biggest thing for picky eaters, which is the area, you know, that I talk to is that they can oftentimes fill up on milk and then they're not even interested in eating other foods. And I can completely see how if they're feeling full, not necessarily because of how much milk they're drinking, but because they're not digesting it properly and moving it through. It's the same reason why some kids might be picky because they're constipated. Nothing's moving through. And of course, you're not going to feel hungry when nothing's digesting well. And that's just going to be kind of a natural um, next step for your little one to reject foods if they're not feeling quite right or it's not sitting quite right or it's not digesting, not moving through. Um, So I can completely see how that can make a difference. So that A2 protein, so your milk is 100% A2? Yes. Wonderful. Wild. Yes, it is. And, and you know, it, we're, we're also kind of a high fat company in that um, our cows are on grass a lot and, and all the, uh, the nutritional goodness comes from grass uh, is really present in the fat. And so, you know, we offer a 4% milk and a 6% milk and uh, high fat yogurts and, and um, it's just, uh, it's really good. So people love it. It's uh, it also makes it taste better, you know, not only does Absolutely. it feel better in your mouth, but it tastes better. Right. Yeah. And of course, for especially for toddlers, young children, fat yeah. is so important for that development, that healthy brain development. Uh, moms know that when they come asking what what percentage fat milk should I be drinking? I'm always like whole milk, whole milk, whole milk, yeah. all the way. The higher, the better, in my opinion. And um, really, because it does facilitate as well those vitamins and minerals that they're eating when they do take the bite of broccoli. You want that broccoli to be absorbed and used, right? And so so that's just wonderful. So I, I would love to talk to you guys a little bit more. So your kind of specialty, Blake, if you want to share a little bit more about the cows, about that whole scenario and, and area of your work, one of the things that I'm very passionate about, um, which my listeners will know, I'm, I'm going to be releasing an episode very soon on mm-hmm. organic versus conventional versus local versus all these things yeah. um, that I think they'll find really interesting. And one of the things I'm passionate about is knowing your farmer and their practices because everyone's so different. Can you speak a little bit to that farming practice sure. um, yeah. and the cows? Yeah. And then I, I you know, Going to the farm and not the pharmacy for nutritional health is is uh, is kind of what we're talking about here, and that's certainly what we've set out to do in our family, is provide you know foods that are that are superfoods that are going to help you, and um, and just make you healthy. And so, uh, in that journey, we we selected a lot of different cows and, and different uh, genetics from around the world to make cows that are really quite old fashioned. Uh, almost heritage breeds, heritage type cattle. Uh, they don't give as much milk as the modern cow that we see across the industry these days, but they uh, they are certainly really good, kind of uh, smaller framed, very athletic, go out and and uh, 
feed themselves in the pasture and, and take great care of themselves. And then one of the best results of that is that they, they, they make very high butterfat uh, milk. And so the milk coming out of our cows is probably about 4.5% butterfat. Um, when you're suggesting whole milk to, to, to moms across the country, you're, you're certainly doing the right thing. And mm -hmm. typically whole milk outside of California is 3.25% butterfat. In California, it's three and a half, but you know what we're offering is four or six, and so we really stepped it up, and, and it's primarily because the what our cows are doing at, at four and a half percent. So, so that's kind of the norm where, where we're coming from, and uh, we're real happy about that. And, I love it when um, we've done demos in stores when we launched our brand just to get people to taste our milk and and several times we'll get people from a foreign country with that accent accent and they might be older and they drink our milk and they're like wow that's the way the milk tasted when I was growing up in Yugoslavia or in the Philippines or even Mexico we've heard um, it's the old-fashioned breeds that really you can taste the difference the protein is higher and of course the butter fat and, and it's all in the flavor and, and of course great food tastes great Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is something to be said about also how they're raised, the environment that they're in, mm -hmm. the foods that they have access to, yeah. the time, you know, all the things you said, like being on the grass, it really does change the flavor. And that's the other thing too with picky eaters is you want to monopolize on that that flavor. And sometimes it can feel for parents listening and myself included, I'm a mom of small kids and you guys have children as well. I'm sure you remember those days of rejection and you're like, oh my gosh, but when they do taste the food, if it tastes good, it's going to be easier to get them to taste it again, right? right. Whereas a lot of times we're doing, and I get it, I have a ton of frozen vegetables and there's ways to take, to make taste or to make frozen vegetables taste good. And same thing with canned and all the things. But when we, when we don't put a lot of effort into those foods and then they taste it and they're like, I'm never trying that again. That's like, oh, that was our one chance. So having it, you know, the flavor really be there um, and taste good is, is really important too. So that when they do taste it, um, they see that there's a reason that I should keep <laughs> eating this food. So I'm a big proponent of that as well. So um, that's just wonderful. And I, I would love to hear... Um, a little bit more because I, I know you guys kind of came to the A2 dairy milk over time. Is that right? So you were yes. saying you read this book and you're like, okay, so what what made the flip for you that you were like, oh, this is completely worth it? Do you guys have any personal experience with any indigestion with milk that you saw the difference or just the stories that you heard from other people? It's really the stories we heard from other people. When we read yeah. the book, The Devil's in the Milk, it just resonated truth. And we already were searching, like this research came out of New Zealand, and we were already looking at those genetics because we're grass-based dairy farmers, and that's a grass-based country. So it was easy just to make sure that the, the genetics as a dairy farmer we were selecting were A2A2. And being that New Zealand was starting down that path already, it was available to us. Yeah, and I would just add that, you know, it, it, it was probably eight or 10 years earlier when we decided to go organic and make organic dairy products. And, uh, and once you've made that decision, then you're really quite conscious about um, what, you know, what our friends think, what our consumers think and what, what they, there's what they say about dairy and, and, and milk. And, and, and yeah, that's always bothered us that so many people say they can't digest milk and it seems to be at a higher rate than it used to be. You know, I mentioned right. two thirds of the world's population. The majority of Asia can't drink dairy or eat dairy, and so all of the country of India is really attuned tuned into this A two concept. 
and, and so they, you know, where, where there's populations living out here, they, uh, they really, they love our milk and, and they, they, you know, just kind of jumped right on it because they understood it. And so more and more people are coming around to understanding it. And it, it seems to be, you know, unlocking an opportunity for them to have dairy again. And, and that feels really good. Yeah. So for Blake and I, we didn't have trouble with dairy at all. And, and I know personally, I was a huge and still am a huge dairy drinker and always full fat, never did the skim milk. And um, I'm quite thin and I've um, just, I think it's important to get the fat because if you get that fat, then you're, you're satiated, you're satisfied, you're not craving other things. It's so true. And I, you know, I think there's been a really big myth for years, especially launched against dairy, that fat makes you fat. And, uh, you know, there's a whole area of that that I could tap into right now, but I won't. But in the same way that you're exactly right, that, that fat helps keep you satiated and it fills you up and I skim milk to me tastes like dirty water. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I cannot. It, it's not even worth it to me to drink. And then you're not full. Right. And so, um, I really agree with that fat. So with that, a two, a two milk, mm-hmm. do you see that oftentimes people who haven't drank dairy in years can come right back to it? No problem. Or is it a slow progression? No, instantly come right back to it. Wow. Like, mm-hmm. wow. And an hour later tell you, wow, it worked. And we hear from consumers all the time that um, people that can't do dairy, can't do dairy. And like one was a phone call from Tennessee, a mom, and she says, I just have to call you. And and my, our office gave them our cell phone number. And just for me to hear her say, my little son at seven years old, hasn't drank dairy in so long. And he drank ours. And he said, mommy, that is heaven in a jug. (laughs) And I just get the chills telling you that because milk is such a vital nutrient when we're doing demos and you see somebody walking up to you and they look at you and they're like, wow, I love whole milk. And you just say, I can tell, look how beautiful you are. Look at how you radiate joy in your eyes and your just whole look because you're so healthy because you're a whole milk drinker. Yeah. And it, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just say, and among other things, I'm sure, but the fact that they're drinking whole milk is beautiful. Well, and that's, you know, a big question that I frequently get is, you know, what's an alternative? What's an alternative? And and I always try to dig down to why are you looking for an alternative? What is it? So I love to have this um, A2A2 milk in my back pocket of saying, hey, here's an option to try. Now, just to be really clear, um, this is not for people who have a casein protein allergy, correct? Uh, I, I don't know much about casein protein allergies, but but yeah, I I, I would assume you're that is correct. Yeah, that's correct. It's it's yeah. very rare that people have a milk protein allergy. So although we are talking about the proteins, the A one, yeah, my 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 first guess is the reason that they're having an allergy to the the milk protein is because it's the bad protein. It, it's mm. so I, I would I, I think that's how that works. Um, that's that's the that's the bottom line. And oftentimes when we're doing demos and, and talking to people about our, our dairy, we'll give them one of our small 12 ounce ones and said, you know, take this home. We're, that's why we're here is to teach people. And when you're ready to give it a try and because and, they'll, they'll yeah, tell yeah. me, well, it's not that bad. I just don't want to get a stomach ache today, you know, yeah. and they'll reach out and say, wow, I was able yeah. to drink that milk. Yeah. Often yeah. The solution. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's been very rewarding. Yeah. I, I also, you know, just for your listeners, all those moms out there trying to make decisions, you know, there's a lot of concern about uh, environment and, you know, um, just all kinds of things, other business um, attributes that, that we all bring as businesses or brands to the table. And, you know, we, we um, we've also been very 
um, heavily involved in the regenerative movement and, and being certified regenerative. Uh, we were the first farm in the United States to actually get certified a year ago. And, and that's brought us a lot of good attention. And Which means soil health, really. Yeah. Yeah. Would you mind talking about that for a minute for my oh, listeners who may sure. not understand yeah, it's, it's pre- re- re- regenerating uh, soil is, is really mean building soil, building topsoil. Our ranch is getting taller every decade, maybe by an inch. Um, and, and, and so we're contributing to the solutions of global warming. Um, we are sequestering carbon at a really fast rate. Um, and, and so as we build the organic matter in our soil, um, half of that or more than half of it is carbon. And so, you know, that's that's helping uh, greenhouse gases come down. It's also helping out our farm in making it more productive, our animals better uh, in better shape. So it's really focusing on the biology of the soil and, and kind of the, the way God intended it to be. And, and uh, stewards of, that, of the soil and of the farm, we just simply uh, only do things that benefit them, which is compost and, and kind of the right grazing management. We don't till or farm the ground uh, excessively and, and let the uh, carbon volatilize into the atmosphere. So that's- and yeah, build it and they will come and build that organic matter, that's that soil biology and, and really that dirt under there, the soil is the gut system of a plant. And just like hopefully your listeners, listeners know, we want that healthy gut. Mm-hmm. We want the healthy soil that's the gut for the plant. And then build it and they will come. Now we have a bald eagle nest on our ranch that's been here 12 years. We have Roosevelt elk in our fields that um, are just beautiful and Aleutian Canada geese that used to be an endangered species. And the coho salmon flow through our streams that are on our ranch and the frogs. And and yeah. it's fun to say, and by the way, we're, we're organic dairy farmers. <laughs> okay, uh, now I have to visit yeah. because yeah. that sounds incredible that. and beautiful. You know, there's so much like nuance in this conversation that I think a lot of consumers don't think beyond just grabbing it off the shelf yep. and bringing it home, right? And I, I remember years ago back when I was in high school, like just getting my eyes open to a lot of this. And then, like I said, off air, um, I have a special family connection. My brother married a woman who is, you know, part of a farming family and they opened my eyes to a lot of things and just being able to learn so much of beyond just grabbing it off the shelf and going and looking, you know, the other thing too, right, is the price comparison. And I understand a, a lot of people are really stretched right now and and everything that's going on, but just looking at it and saying, okay, here's the price of this one and here's the price of that one. And a lot of us are just making that decision on price alone. Mm-hmm. And that price is certainly a factor, but also looking at everything else that's bringing you, your health, your ability to, like we talked about, absorbing those nutrients so that when you are eating things like salmon and and beautiful foods like that, you're able to actually absorb what you're eating. And I think I think a lot of times people just try to make the best decision in the moment without all the information. And so going back and saying, okay, what what are these, you know, companies' values and mission statements and how are they doing things? And the regulations we often see, the stamps on the side, do have certain categories, but a lot of people are going above and beyond that or going, you know, doing other things with their food to really make it the best experience for the consumer. And I just really appreciate it. Sounds like you guys are just so passionate about this. Right. And as a dietitian who's passionate about food and um, I just really appreciate that as well. So that's incredible. I, I would love to hear if you want to talk about this, you don't have to, but what is some of the pushback that you've received around milk, specifically anything around the A2A2 milk? Does anyone give you any pushback on that or not really? Well, I, I, we'll go there in just a second. I'd like to maybe comment uh, something we heard at the food show or I heard just recently this last week in, in regards to, um, you know, buying food and 
paying extra and, and uh, you know, paying extra to get more is, is one thing. And that's certainly, I think, what you do when you buy super good food. And so I would just encourage your moms to consider that, right? What, what I heard was somebody said that, uh, you know, they, they spend an extra $60 or $100 at the grocery store on organic, you know, versus the, the normal cost of the shopping cart. And, um, you know, yet they they don't don't even think twice about spending that at a party um, or at a, you know, at a bar once a month, um, you know, with friends. You know? And so I, I just really, again, you know, go to the farm, not the pharmacy for help. And it, it, it truly is important. Yeah. And I, I actually have another podcast that's called The Mama Well. Um, and we talk a lot about nutrition for moms and adults as well. And, you know, we kind of touched on this earlier, Stephanie, where if you're not getting full up from the food that you're eating, you're going to continue craving things or want other things. And that's usually what leads me to like, let's go out to eat. Let's get, you know, second dinner going, whatever that might be. It's because I'm actually not satiating. And I know that's true for a lot of the moms that listen over there at The Mama Well, is when you're not satiating that need, that hunger, you're not allowing kind of that food in to satiate the hunger, mm-hmm. oftentimes that can lead us actually spending more money by going out to eat or getting, you know, extra food and things yes. like that. It, it's very, powerful. you know, yes. yeah. Back to the challenges. What yeah. But, you know, I yeah. guess I don't pay attention to them because I feel like yeah. we have a solution to those challenges. If people right. are worried about the environment and global warming or whatever with cows, it's like, well, we rotational graze and carbon sequestration is happening with our our building of our organic matter that's a solution come drink our milk Uh, we have digestible protein and um with the a2 organic milk come drink our milk try it yeah we we are a large dairy out here in the west and and um so often we're you know we're frowned upon because we're you know we milk more than a thousand cows that's kind of evil and and yeah that's just a that really breaks my heart because we do it in such a wonderful way. And so we challenge people to come see it, of course, and your listeners are welcome. You're welcome. Anytime come, come visit the farm and get a feel for what we do. Because if, if you're going to, you know, some people are bothered by things like that. If, if that's going to stop you from buying the best food out there, you know, you, you're, you're making a mistake. That's all I can say. Um, you know, yeah. Hopefully you and- will find that small farm in your region and buy local, right? We are, absolutely in favor of that that that's a a wonderful option it's just that not everybody has access to that yeah which i guess brings me to my kind of next question is if they're interested in trying this um a2a2 milk from you guys specifically or you know even from somewhere else how how easily is this to find right now on the shelves specifically here in america um uh do you guys have an idea of that Yes, and on our website, we have a store locator. And so you can type in your zip code and see if there's any stores around you. We launched nationally with Whole Foods and that put us on a distribution truck that hits all the um, organic food stores, like little co-ops. And you certainly can ask your grocer to carry our milk, Alexander Family Farm, which that's our website too, Alexander Family Farm. And it's D-R-E for Alexandre, really, Family Farm. (laughs) Yeah, and... Yeah, it, it's um, like Stephanie said, you know, Whole Foods nationwide, Sprouts nationwide, and um, and and kind of all the high-end natural food stores. Uh, um, and then out here on the West Coast, we're in, you know, in a lot more places, but we're, we're about 2,000 stores nationwide. So, you know, that's that's significant. It's, it's not, you know, there's a lot more out there, but... Um, there's also, there's also a distributor, Azure Standard, 
and they deliver nationwide. They're kind of a buying club and they're really designed for those rural communities that don't have a good organic source for food. And their truck stops once a month at a certain location for our community. It was at yeah. the local feed store. I would do my order online with Azure and the truck came. Now we have a great little um, organic food store. And I certainly want people to try and support those great yeah. little ones in their community. Yeah. So in, in, in addition to our, like our fluid milks and our yogurts, uh, they also sell some powdered milks that we make a, a whole, whole milk and, a, and non-fat dry milk. And that whole milk tastes just like our, our milk that we yeah. are drinking. It's incredible. Wow. Just add water. <laughs> wow. And so you were saying you do yogurt as well? You mm-hmm. do. Yes. That's a picky eater favorite. I'll tell you that much. I, I, very few. I mean, there's there's two groups of picky eaters: one that likes yeah. wet foods and one that doesn't. But those wet foods, they love those pick those uh, yeah, yogurts. Great. So that's great. wonderful well, to hear. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure you know this as a mom that any way you can hide nutrients in other foods. I mean, I will stick milk into things, mm-hmm. yogurt into things, and sauces or whatever just to make the food taste savory and and good and the other thing as a mom was just limiting sweets or even knowing that sugar is a poison instead of a treat so our kids definitely learn to move away from sugar because of the way we cooked here yeah one of one of our favorite products is our grass-fed yogurt and that's also in, in whole foods and that's a green label and, and hundred percent grass fed. So not all of our cows are hundred percent grass fed. Some of them, we do feed some grains too. And um, they're, they're just a little different type of cow genetically. They don't do as well without the grain. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really fun having that. And then we hope to have a fluid milk uh, nationwide. That'll also be that hundred percent grass fed uh, later in, in sometime this year. Wow, that's wonderful. I think I think too. Um, what people forget as well is that milk is quite sweet on its own, and yeah. so when you do add it to foods, it it does have naturally occurring sugars that sweeten yes. things up quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I think you know a lot of times then they go to these alternatives, and then they're like, well, they don't taste very good, and then they have to get the sweetened kind. And you know, milk is quite sweet on its own, especially that high fat milk as well. Yeah. Um, just has that really good flavoring, and so um, I, I'm so excited. I I have a Sprouts very close by, so I'm gonna go check it out and, and hopefully yeah. you're there we, we um, started in sprouts last week so, so yeah so okay it'll be towards the end of uh, february maybe on so give Friday. it some time yeah, yeah, so, ask the dairy buyer. yeah ask, say that again ask the dairy buyer that helps yeah. us i will if it's not in your store ask for it yeah that is very true. My my brother was actually pr- produce department, and he said that, man, if someone asked for something specific, that store went out of their way to go get it, even if it was just one person, because they assume that for every one person asking, there's yeah. like 15 to 20 that, are, that want it but won't ask for right. it. And man, that was the best advice he could have given me. And I do that with my stores all the time. I ask right. specifically for brands that I like, or if I if they stop carrying a brand, I go, hey, I was buying that brand. Can you bring that back? And awesome. oftentimes they do. Yeah. 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 And, then, yeah. and then also on our website, if your listeners sign up, we'll send you a coupon to give it a try. Oh, I love that. We love a good coupon. I'm excited about that. So that's just on your website, which I will link everything down below. Um, This has been just a wonderful conversation. I did have a quick question. This is just selfish on my end. But um, how long does it take between, for you, I know probably every farm is different, between like milking the cows and getting it to the storefront? Oh, I'm getting it to market. Um, um, Darlie, let's just say milk's made uh, on the dairy on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? And, and um, we're hauling it to our processing plant. And by by Friday, it's um, it's on the road going out to distribution. 
And um, wow. yeah, so I, I'd say within a week, it's it's it could be in your house. And um, at the long side, it would be two weeks. But on the national stuff, right, it, it, that, there's probably a two week. And, and the, the, the products that we sell nationally have a, a longer shelf life, you know, to allow for that because, you know, we're trucking across the country. But here on, sure. here on the West Coast, say the Western five or six states, yeah, it's, it's fresh. It's, it's, it's with, you know, it's to your house within, a, within the week. I love to hear that. I was so curious. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how long that takes. That's so wonderful. Um, is there anything you'd like to leave my listeners with or something you'd like to say that you wish everyone knew? I know we covered quite a bit. And so um, if there's anything kind of left on your mind to cover before we wrap up here. I guess something I, I think about often is we were so healthy 100 years ago. How did we eat? What did we eat? Right now in the school system, they're pushing non-fat milks and fruits and vegetables neither of them. I mean, fruits and vegetables are great, but they still break down to sugar. But when you think about 100, 200 years ago, how did people eat? They ate food the way God made it. It was natural. It was whole. And it wasn't fruits and vegetables every day, but it was meat, milk and eggs. And that sustains people. And it's great for brain development. And those littles need it. Yeah, I love that. I think reminding ourselves that the basics shouldn't be overlooked, right? Yeah. We don't have to keep looking at these new creations all the time and, and be distracted by them that truly sometimes the best and most satisfying, like we talked about foods, can be the most basic um, and it's easy to overlook. So thank you for all you're doing. Sorry, say that again. Oh, I, I just wanted to weigh in with my little bit of advice here for parents and parents, uh, you know, both moms and dads, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's great when the food tastes good, but it's also, um, you know, I, I don't let the little guys vote too often. Um, you know, we need to make the rules as parents. We need to set the tone and we need to, you know, insist that they eat good food and, and quit treating them with candies and sweets and, and, and trying to be their friend. That's not our job as parents. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, I talk a lot about you get, you're the decider, right? right? You decide what comes yeah. in your home, what goes on the plate. And then oftentimes with the picky eating, they get to decide on their plate what they eat. And when I, you know, there's a whole theories behind it and all the research, um, but 100% you're the gatekeeper of your home. And that goes for everything, food and, and everything else. And so, um, you know, I loved having you guys on. This has been such a great conversation. I so appreciate the work that you're doing and that you're willing to share it um, with everybody. And thank Thank you. Thank you for sharing your perspectives and, and your practices and um, your own journey. So thanks so much for coming on. You're and, welcome. Um, yeah. And just remind them where, what's the website again? AlexandreFamilyFarm.com. Perfect. And like I said, I'll link it up in the show notes um, so you guys can go check them out. And for now, I will see you guys next week. Well, thank thanks you. So much. Thanks for what thank you're doing. You. Also. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.